0: this nation will rise up
1: welcome to the elemental health podcast welcome nick here and um today's episode episode number one two three four five six can't believe it six already um in such a sort of short space of time and and each time I feel such a strong connection with the guest... Um, and the messaging is is so clear and and I'm just thrilled at the way this project is going and and developing and I just want to shout out to all the guys that have been on in all the episodes so far and the guys that are coming because I'm so excited um, to move this forward and and build momentum and thank you to the listeners you guys are awesome um, and I appreciate all your feedback that you've been giving me Um, so keep keep that coming keep subscribing so episode 6 what have we got in store for you Um, I'm really excited about this episode as I am with all my guests But this is uh, akin to mine and I think most people's hearts because we are going to go into deep dive into nutrition. Um, We are joined by a very special lady uh, by the name of Christy Coleman. Um, She is a mother. Uh, She was um, living the corporate life in London uh, as a legal eagle. um, And she just felt she had more to give in the health space and has jumped ship and, and got Deep into nutrition, and now she serves and helps people um, to overcome um, all sorts of different nutritional problems and, and gut problems, and, and things that are really at the core of, of so many people's lives nowadays. Um, and, and we're going to talk around all sorts of bits and pieces to do with food, uh, the gut, health in general. Um, enjoy the show, Christy Colwyn Thank you very much for joining me today. Um, welcome to the Elemental Health Podcast. Um, and we've heard a little bit about Christy. Um, so we're going to dive straight in uh, with kind of your background story and um, what led you into what you're doing now, really, and, and the kind of why of what's 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 your driver and passion behind nutrition and, and why you think that's important um in your life and the people's lives who so you're trying to help um and kind of where you've come from um because i know you you've had other another career and and, and you've had a journey and, and that now you're a mom and now you're trying to sort of um incorporate nutrition uh, into um into every part of other people's lives and, and trying to develop um your own um business in that space so
0: yeah, I mean, it's a, it could be quite a long answer, but I'll keep it short. Um, so I grew up with a very sporty family. My brother's a boxer. Um, my mum's always cooked home-cooked food. Really important. Um, we've always enjoyed cooking together. So it's always been part of my DNA, I guess. It's been around me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I retra- I trained as a solicitor. Uh, gosh, going back about 10 years now and loved it really enjoyed it. it was in intellectual property law so looking at kind of trademarks copyright and also a bit of food law so that's where I started getting a bit more interested in what's on the back of a label you know what pe- what can people say health claims and I found it really staggering that people could make lots of different claims about food um having kind of health healing properties and things like that so I got a bit more interested in that um my brother's career was getting kind of off the ground being more kind of prominent boxer and I was doing a lot of training, um, but at the same time working really long hours. I was probably you know, training too much, not, eat, not eating enough, not paying attention to eating well or what I thought was well. You know, having just a coffee in the morning and a, a salad at lunch isn't really enough. And I got really tired. Um, I didn't get sick, but I just stopped feeling like me. I was training for the marathon. Um, and again, nutrition is so important there. And I just started thinking, is this it? i want to do a bit more i was a bit confused with what was in the headlines what was on social media i didn't know what nutrition to follow i was kind of doing crossfit i was like oh should i be paleo should i not be (laughs) i just generally felt a bit fuzzy about what to do with food when really i'd grown up with kind of proper wholesome food you know real back to basics cooking from scratch minimal processed foods and that's kind of my philosophy really. really And so I decided to look into different courses and decide to retrain as a nutritional therapist. So I did that over three years while working, which was fun. Mm. And then got pregnant uh, again, another life changing event. Nutrition is really important. Um, and I set up my business uh, just over two years ago um, after the birth of my first son. So that was a great start into kind of new mum journey. Um, starting a business, which is harder work than a child, I think. Yeah. And just really want to kind of get rid of the myths around a lot of people's food misconceptions. Yeah. Try and educate the masses, not just be in the London bubble that we find ourselves in, and you know, try and help people navigate the way through nutrition and understand it's not a one size fits all.
1: Right. So cool. Me that in was, a nutshell. Yeah, that was a really a real nutshell description. Um, okay, so let's let's kind of unpick that a little bit so you're in the corporate world um and i know um myself that that kind of that the sort of corporate solicitor the hours are just crazy aren't they insane yes like, like I, I think of all the industries yeah. in 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 the city it's probably the longest hours i'm aware of that people work um reading all into the night at crazy 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 yeah. hours yeah
0: yeah um, yeah just i remember one night kind of finishing at four o'clock in the morning and getting a taxi home and then being in the office at nine and i just thought that's not sustainable no and then going oh i can go to the gym at lunch it's fine yeah it just doesn't work like that
1: yeah um, so what was your kind of um what what were the key decision points around um, deciding to leave that industry and go into nutrition as a professional what, what was your what was it were there any key points or was it a gentle transition what what made you think no 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 this isn't this isn't what I want to do now That I want to I want to move move into nutrition
0: full-time I really wanted to help others mm-hmm. um, understand a bit more about nutrition I'd done quite a bit of reading I was by no means an expert and I was at work I was working at Harrods at the time as their in-house lawyer um doing a lot of their food law stuff as well which was really interesting and I just thought this isn't I can't see this being me for the rest of my life um I want to help people and yes I helped people a lot with law but I was often the (laughs) no-sayer um and I wanted to change that and that's when I decided to just yeah just retrain just going to start my new career um so I just went ahead and did it well
1: I I can I I'm, I'm akin to that process um having changed careers a couple of times and got out of the corporate world in, into clinical practice and 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 now sort of coaching and and podcasting and and, and other other sort of interests so yeah I think it, there's a natural how long how long you were 10 years you were 10 years working illegal, yeah, legal, yeah in
0: yeah the legal yeah, world no, which was great and don't get me wrong I loved it met some wonderful people <laughs> but my passion you know when something is is just nagging you yeah you've got to go and pursue it yeah and so I thought it's either now or never um so I made the jump and I'm really pleased I did
1: and being um being in the corporate world and then also thinking about a family was that was that a trigger for thinking well I can't work I can't work till three in the morning five nights a week and then also have a family was that was that a factor yeah
0: yeah, a little bit actually um I was still quite way off thinking about having a family then Mm -hmm. but I did think about how I wanted more control over my life um And when you're in that corporate environment, you have no control. Yeah. Your evening plans get cancelled without you having a say in it. And I wanted to kind of regain that control as well as pursue something I loved. Yeah. But yeah, so definitely family. I I don't see how it would be sustainable now even though when you've got your own business as you know you're always on um, but you can kind of dictate when you switch off
1: yeah it's yeah it's an interesting one isn't it because i think yeah i think that that was that was my driver for not staying in the military really is having having control um or perceived control <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and and yeah i think if you work for any employer you, do, you feel restricted especially if 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 at the drop of a hat you can be your hours can slowly be extended and and you can yeah end up working ridiculous amounts um but yeah and, and but but it is different doing your own thing even though you might put in the same number of hours it is a really different mindset isn't it to doing your own thing totally um yes i i want to uh, before we move on to kind of like the the, the nutritional bits and pieces and, and the, the specific um sort of systems and tools that you apply to to your practice now and and the kind of uh, information that you give out and the way that you try and help people i'm just intrigued by what you said about the brand um brand bits that you've been doing and the food packaging and what people can put on the labels and so what 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 do we need to know about that what what is going on in that space that's sort of confusing or or not quite what people might expect
0: Yeah, so you've got two things first of all you've got the digital world the fact that there'll be products that are advertised through influencers through kind of you know high profile Mm names through celebrities and the claims they make around those products and then you've got what's said on the products themselves now it's really tightly regulated but what we're getting a bit confused about is people kind of peddling magic cures like celery juice to cure everything on social media and then kind of people going ahead and kind of doing that for, you know, weeks and weeks at a time and not really putting much else into their diets yeah. so that's where there's that kind of disparity that's happening um but it is a really interesting area and one i've spent a long time researching when i was a lawyer uh, but it's something we need to come just bear in mind just with baby packets as well like looking on the front of the packet you don't have to lift, list the ingredients in order look on the back and you do so it's just about educating especially my clients about what to look for yeah or even yogurts for example if a lot a yogurt says it's it contains bacteria is that bacteria alive? if you look on the back it says live cultures then the, the cultures the bacterial cultures have been added in afterwards rather than they're lost in the heat process
1: right yes so that that was that was a key learning point for me recently actually i wasn't um aware of that so on on the back they're listed in order of the amount of that that ingredient yes in the product and that's yeah yeah so i, I didn't realize that until really recently actually that, that that was how it had to be um and how, how does that different do you do you, well, i'm not sure if you know but how, how does that different to differ to what goes on in states um in terms of their food packaging
0: so they've got slightly different laws to the UK, mm-hmm. um, um, we've, we've got to follow the European Union law as well. For the moment, for the moment, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many days we got left? Not too many. Um, so they're quite different. Um, they've got different controls, but they do have stamps of approval, if you like, so USDA organic, mm-hmm. or it would say if it hasn't got pesticides in it, or you know, animal hormones. So their milks are categorised in A, B, and C, I believe, um, depending on what type of conditions the animals raised in. So there, there is concern obviously with yep. Brexit about the quality of the food coming in and um, but we've also got the red track just stamp in the UK as well so again so looking at signs of quality and i always try and shop small so get to know your supplier get to know your butcher your fishmonger yeah. your grocer Veg boxes are a great idea as well. Yeah. Just so you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, yeah, always read the label. Um, <laughs> and sugar's not the enemy, but if it's the second ingredient on a, on a packet or something, then maybe pick up something that's got a little bit less in. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it is interesting. I, I find it fascinating how the, the, the brands sort of look at doing different things slightly differently to... L- l- not well i would say exploit the rules really that's probably how to describe it and really like make the most out of the, the yeah. legislation to 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 maximize their their top line really i guess is, is what they're trying to do like everyone who wants to be in business yeah um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay um cool and um I, i'm intrigued by uh, the chat we had earlier today um in reference to your specifically to your dad your father having um some sort of nutritional problems that led to his um, sort of ill health and that. So do, do you want to expand on that story yeah. and just, just tell that story? Because that's fascinating. It's so pertinent to what you're doing now, really.
0: Yeah, massively. So it was, it was very new when I'd just qualified. And my dad had been suffering with a bit of a cloudy eye for some weeks. Didn't tell anyone. You know, very proud man. Didn't mm. want to admit that he just had, he just had something in his eye. <laughs> and then one day his eyesight had kind of almost gone. And he went to the doctor, finally, obviously. Something bad had happened and the doctor diagnosed him with type 2 diabetes and that was a real shock to him because he was like well i don't eat food during the day what about the eight cups of coffee with the two sugars and then the huge meal you have at night with you know half a chunk of white bread with butter sorry dad Um, and he you know he he woke up to the fact that actually it was diet it was a it was a lifestyle disease that he had given himself and we constantly joke about it now but over the past 18 months we've worked together or kind of trained my mum if you like with with what to feed him and he's reversed his diabetes he's now off his medication and a medication has a time and a place and absolutely you know really respect medication but he's managed to change his diet in such a way that he no longer needs medication to manage his type 2 diabetes he's always going to be at risk Mm -hmm. but he knows now that he needs to have breakfast he needs to have lunch he can't live on coffee and sugar throughout the day and he doesn't need that hunk of white bread every evening with a meal
1: yeah so it's
0: amazing the power of nutrition and he didn't believe it he was very he wasn't disappointed when I changed career but he was a bit confused (laughs) shall we say um but I think now he really understands that what I do can have a really meaningful output for someone especially like himself who thought nutrition was you know just for hippies
1: Mm, yeah I guess yeah I think it's it's difficult because the as guys, we kind of don't want to sort of give up the mantle of of like being sort of superhuman and the alpha, and, and and admit that we've got a problem and and that sort of thing. So there tends to be a massive delay, and and I find it a lot in my coaching practice. The guys that I speak to, um, they don't want to. They don't really understand the problem. Yeah. That's really what always comes to the to the fore, and and they sort of come to me because i you know, from a fitness perspective because that's kind of like how i draw people in because my, of my background more than anything else and and uh you know you dig and you dig and you dig and, and they're like oh yeah i just want to lose uh, a, a bit of fat and then you dig and dig and dig and dig and, dig and, dig and that, that tends not to be the underlying issue that's a you know and i think that's a problem with the medicalization of the of everything that's we, we treat symptoms. Um, so people yeah. come to you with their symptoms, and it, as the professional, you've got to really think hard, and the, the, the hard work comes in helping um, and coaching an individual to try and actually understand what the cause is. Um, and was that the case with your dad?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a case of not, you know not admitting something was wrong even though clearly his energy levels would have been flagging in the months beforehand mm. he would have had trouble sleeping he probably would have been his excessively thirsty so all of those things were signposting towards type 2 diabetes but the way our medical system tends to work is that you go to the doctor when something happens when there's a problem yeah. rather than looking at prevention yeah. and my theory is always kind of looking at prevention rather than cure and if he'd kind of maybe spoke up a little bit earlier we would have caught it a bit sooner but sometimes we often need something to happen to make that change yeah. and the same with clients i get in practice so i you know often with the male clients i see they come in wanting like you say wanting to lose a bit of weight when really the underlying problem might be loss of libido and they haven't got much energy and they're really struggling with that yeah and that's it's that unpicking and getting to know someone and, and realizing it's a part of a bigger picture um mm-hmm. weight loss is often one that's kind of Quite easily talked about, whereas the other things are less easy.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And you know, guys, guys coming to me saying, "I want to get fit." Yeah. And you're kind of like, mm, "Okay, what does that mean? Um, and why? 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 Why suddenly now do you want to implement a change?" Uh, yeah. It's 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 interesting. Um, and with. Um, yeah i think it's a, it's about admitting a problem isn't it really and and um but well as well i was going to ask so obviously i've got my own theories uh, based on the stuff that i do but what's your view in terms of um identity like the the identity of uh, versus the educational piece so do you think what, what what weight do you put to people not understanding um what the correct or what the appropriate lifestyle choices are and decision making versus the identity that they have around eating certain things and and associating with with certain lifestyle choices
0: really interesting question um i would say it's very much equal and the educational piece is huge and that needs to start with children in schools early on parents need to translate that down to children they need to be role models um not always that easy um some children are just fussy eaters and that's fine they grow out of it but schools as well are looking at school and education and not having a stigma around you know eating healthy at the same time we've got to have a balance if someone wants to have some chips fine enjoy it don't feel bad and beat yourself up about it and then go for a 10k run to burn it off mm-hmm. that's where we had that unhealthy relationship with food and then like you say someone's identity with food everything is different for every single person it's really really individual and that's what I work a lot on is kind of getting people to understand what might work for someone down the road isn't necessarily going to work for you Mm -hmm. so understanding that you need to find your own path and what works for you and what doesn't and not to have these preconceived ideas based on what we've read in the media or in social media about what we should or shouldn't be doing and I think that's where we need to find some kind of way of translating the science mm-hmm. into something that's accessible for everyone to understand and access and that's what we don't have at the moment
1: yeah and that's that's kind of my mission with with this podcast really is is to try and cut through the noise um because there is so much noise and that just creates confusion and usually confusion leads to indecision or poor choices being made and Yeah, it's, it's it's difficult because we we put so much weight into the system and the science behind the system um, and I, I think sometimes you, there's just there becomes such a weight of knowledge and that I mean that's a, that's a real thing right weight of knowledge yeah. <laughs> it weighs us down yeah. um, and people don't want to be weighed down by the knowledge and don't really want to wade through it all and, and the, the key take homes are just obscured and I think some of the marketing um, and some of the brands are happy to kind of pluck out the bits of information that they find beneficial to their brand and then shove that down people's throats versus actually understanding what's appropriate and and what's going to lead people in the right direction it's it's uh it's a real dichotomy because i think the science there's some amazing studies going on at the moment um but it's about getting those ones to the fore as opposed to the ones that perhaps aren't really helping you know like the, the yeah um it's it's a tricky it's it's really everyone's and it's becomes so personal doesn't it your relationship with food as well um it's it's interesting so sorry just touching back on your dad um it, i think that's just an incredible incredibly powerful story and um i just want to acknowledge the work that you've done there and your own family to sort of turn things around and how does that feel
0: um, yeah, I mean I can't take the credit. I mean I, a lot of the credit goes to my mum and just being quite a stickler of what he was eating. And then my dad for actually going, Do you know what? I'm not just gonna rely on taking a pill, I'm gonna change my diet and lifestyle. So he got himself an exercise bike. Well, my brother and I got him one. Mm-hmm. And he does that. He does it every night, gets home from work, just twenty minutes, and that helps him manage his insulin. yeah uh, which is incredible. That small changes like that that are very achievable. Um, yeah, he works long days on his feet. Yeah. He can still come home, do twenty minutes on the bike and then enjoy his dinner he knows he's got to have breakfast he knows he can't just put sugars in his coffee yeah. and you know he does drink he does drink alcohol and he knows that he might for worse the next day for it so he's kind of learning at the age of 60 almost mm-hmm. moderation and that's something we're never too too old to learn and that often is what can be a simple change in people's lives to help them manage their relationship with food mm. is moderation rather than restriction taking things out you know calling food's bad or good. It's all food. It's about how we perceive it. And that's something that I think my dad's done really well is that he's able to balance his food a little bit more and he recognises now the power of nutrition on his health and lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah, I can't take the credit for it, but it's I've given them the knowledge and they've taken it (laughs) and they've they've run with it and it's incredible to see.
1: Yeah, it's a team effort by the sounds of it for sure. Um so I just wanna break break it down for the listeners. So um just really really break it down to the basics of what was going on that led him to have the diabetes um so in your own in your words not mine um so in terms of what he was doing and what he, how it was impacting him around so he was he was effectively spiking his sugar levels at, at punching his sugar levels up during the day and that y- you describe it I'm, yeah
0: absolutely so um <laughs> Whenever we eat anything, carbohydrates, uh, whether that's from a, pe- a piece of pasta or a croissant or some vegetables, our body breaks it down into some simple sugars um, called glucose. Glucose is then stored in the liver and in the muscles as glycogen. And then excess is stored as fat. And insulin helps us put that sugar into the cells. Now, we need that sugar for you know, when we're doing some sport, when we're, when we're working, our brains need it for quick release energy. Now, when someone has type type 2 diabetes um, insulin stops working as effectively so when you're eating sugar you can't necessarily get it out of your blood as you would have otherwise been able to do. That happens if you're chronically overloading your body with sugar all the time. So my mum was buying I think kind of almost 2 pounds of sugar a week that he was having in his coffee which is an awful lot of sugar Mm -hmm. that you're consuming over the course of a week like i said sugar is not the enemy but in excess it's not helpful so starting his day off with coffee two sugars followed half an hour later coffee another two sugars maybe at work break time 10 o'clock coffee two sugars and that cycle continued throughout the day so he didn't get hungry he Mm. didn't understand why he's also quite overweight he didn't understand why he was overweight because to him he was having one meal a day but what he was doing was constantly putting too much sugar into his body his insulin couldn't manage it and effectively that stopped working stress does the same thing um so he was also quite stressed at the time running his own business um you know stressful doesn't need that much sleep but i suspect maybe he wasn't getting enough and then having that big meal in the evening eating far more than he needed at the end of that day because in his mind he hadn't eaten all day Mm -hmm. and so psychologically i think he wanted to eat a lot more so it was having the white bread with every meal Um, Now, white bread isn't bad on its own, um, but it's about moderation. Again, you're having kind of two slices with every meal, plus potatoes, plus your meat, plus your sauce, plus your vegetables. That's too much sugar. At the end of the day, the vegetables and the bread breaks down into simple sugars. And if you're having too much sugar and your body can't deal with that, and you're consistently doing that over a long period of time, that's when you increase your risk of lifestyle diseases like type 2 diabetes.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah very very well put um yeah very well put, and it's so important to understand the basics it really is um and and the way yeah and the way I think about it um when I'm trying to explain exactly the same, I'm probably not as articulate <laughs> as you but um the the, the the yeah the way i think about it is kind of the, just that you're, you're you're stressing yourself you're stressing your body at a cellular level by just ramping up the sugar um so uh, you're having such a massive impact that the, 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 those sugar spikes are having such a massive impact and there's a, a kind of a hangover for that that causes long-term damage um and with with type 2 diabetes there's always a, a lead-in so people will have elevated sugar levels prior to the to any sort of diagnosis or any um physical manifestation So any problem occurring any any symptom they will always have a, that lead-in time where their sugar levels and they'll just start to feel a little bit um unwell and then they'll start to do something about it and then they'll get their diagnosis um yeah and it's just it, it, it's just underst- for me it's understanding that that basic concept of you can't flood your system with sugar all the time um because you, you, you won't be able to cope and it will and have caffeine. that impact and caffeine yeah and caffeine. so that that's it so yeah. it's, it's it's that stress it's just stressing your be- body at a cellular level isn't it? And, it and he would have had some sort of adrenal fatigue going on there as well for sure and the stress yeah that's yeah it all it all builds in doesn't it and, and you, you're compounding the problems by by by, by the lifestyle and and the the yeah sleep the the hormonal release yep. um yeah the, the yeah it's it's it all compounds in together and it's um and it and yeah but it's completely reversible
0: yeah it's modifiable it's yeah. amazing how just those simple changes of i mean he hated the taste of coffee without sugar for a while mm-hmm. um but those simple changes can make a huge difference and it was you know a few months ago he had a sip of someone's coffee with sugar and he was like oh that is so sweet yeah at the time he didn't notice so yeah it's completely changeable and you can make a lot of differences just from small tweaks
1: so yes and i think that, how do you was he did he have a, a, a sugar addiction would you say
0: i think he had a caffeine addiction right um he still has a lot of coffee now but for him it was with that sugar and that's always what he's had as a child and mm. um, he's always had tea with a sugar from a very young age and um, being from a german family Uh, It's just what they did. So he's always had that in his life. And for him, I think it's a comfort. And again, it goes back to food, not just being a source of nutrients, but we often have some kind of deep-rooted psychological connection with it and for him that sweetness i think took him back to his childhood
1: mm, yeah i i, I yeah I, yeah i couldn't agree more i think we've all got that connection haven't we with to our comfort foods um yeah i know no, my my wife katie she sort of tea and cake is her go-to comfort food because i think it, it just draws those um childhood memories the fun yeah. you know the really fun ones that we want to we want to we want to kindle we want we want to keep safe and and, and are precious to us actually um yeah it's interesting so stimulants were, were a big part of his yeah life. i think so <laughs> that and stimulation external stimulation
0: and that not having or you know supposedly not having time to eat because he he's on his feet all, all day mm. and his excuse is I don't have time to eat well, it's you're not making time to eat. It's about priorities.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, it's always about priorities. We've got the same amount of time. We've got 24 hours in a day, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's. I, I'm. I love that story. It's fascinating, and it's. It just shows, doesn't it? That it's. It's about simple choices. Yeah. Um, and being consistent. Yeah. Okay. So. We've talked a little bit about it, but what? What are the the problems that people face around nutrition, and what what are the big um, issues that you see when people come to you what are the, what are the what are the what are the themes that you always tend to sort of come, come to them
0: yeah surface? I think ownership is a key one and one we touched on earlier is people come to me expecting me to give them a magic pill and mm-hmm. um, it's not what I do I work with my clients on a very personal level to understand what makes them tick what is their motivation and often people go oh you know just tell me what to do and I'll do it it doesn't work like that you have to make those changes for the right reason and so I think that's number one is is kind of ownership, like owning what the issue is and what you can do about it and recognising that if you don't put the effort in to change things and things won't, someone else can't do it for you. You've got to want to change. So taking my dad as an example, he had to want to change his diet. It would have taken him losing his eyesight to make him change. He mm. got it back, but that was the push that he needed. For some people, it's wanting to start a family. For others, it's they're so tired, they just want to feel like they used to. So ownership is number one. Second is kind of looking at where are you getting your information from? Are you using reliable sources? Are you just looking on social media, scrolling on Instagram? Are you following influencers that mm. maybe are very well-meaning and any message about health eating is a positive one, but sometimes we get really confused. and um, That's sadly where we are at the moment is that there's so much information out there, good, bad, ugly. And with, with evidence-based research studies it varies massively in quality so one might be a mouse study and you know newspaper might have run with the headline that you know taking omega-3 fatty acids is useless on mice Mm -hmm. but it's looking a bit more into what's what's the research paper say what what does it mean to you as a lay person like how does that affect you as an individual you know your circumstances so it's about kind of cutting through like you say that noise and really understanding what's going to work for you and what sources you're trusting so, yeah mm. they're the kind of two key areas i think are really important
1: yeah for me yes ownership i couldn't agree more ownership is 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 the fundamental and i think we're in we're in this strange therapeutic in world that we live in nowadays um where ownership isn't a big thing as we we we, we, we tend to lean more on the therapy side of things which means um, we externalise our problems and and, and we look uh, externally to find a solution to an internal problem, um, which which just fundamentally doesn't work. And um, yeah, that's a real frustration um, of mine because as soon as you uh, help someone to understand that it's about ownership and it's about them making the choice, and it, 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 that that's the only solution, do you know um, coming. the medical profession and working in the nhs you just we we, we're part of the problem the healthcare system is part of the problem um before i get on my my soapbox (laughs) the because we've medicalized everything you know we've created this person in a white coat that gives us all the answers and a little pill to solve our problems you know this effectively we've created a system that um that wants us to externalize our problems and will help us to treat a system uh, treat a symptom and fundamentally that's completely broken in my mind because there's no ownership there's no incentive to take ownership actually we we, we want a professional to tell us what the problem is and that's when I say therapeutic environment that's what I mean is that kind of medicalization it's all part of it and it's all part of like a oh well they you know the doctor says X well you need to be an expert not and not rely on someone else to tell you about your problems um yeah and, and certainly not and fundamentally and we, i think we do we do it in lot with lots of lots of things and as and soon as you give away ownership um you, you give away control uh, and and the results don't tend to come because of that in any area of your life and and health obviously is, is at the core certainly my belief is, is at the core of, of life you know we, we can't have a happy life if we're not healthy and as soon as you give away the ownership and control, you're you fundamentally are not going to succeed on that journey towards happiness and, and health. Um, and yeah, and it just so it brings into my mind, and certainly linking to the diabetes that we just talked about, a story that's really um, pertinent because it only happened recently. So um, in my clinical practice, I went to um, a young lad of 12 that had type 1 diabetes um, which is obviously a juvenile diabetes and and something that um, wasn't his his lifestyle choices Mm -hmm. that led to that um, disease manifestation but the As soon as I started speaking to him and his mum it was clear that they did not have the required level of knowledge around um, the disease and the disease manifestation and how to um, how to manage it well Um, he was as a 12 year old he was managing it himself without mum's intervention too much Um, and what he said to me was I test my blood sugar if it's high i give myself um at least five or ten or more units of insulin wow. and i that statement in itself i didn't know where to start with that statement um, i looked at mum and she just gave me a blank look and repeated what he'd said as the key messaging around their understanding of how to treat that 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 issue and how to manage that young boy's sugar levels and i just thought um oh my god you know what what (laughs) where they've they've obviously been interacting with all sorts of different healthcare professionals and experts um and their level of knowledge is is there um and I just I was despairing really it's probably how I describe my kind of emotional state because you know where do you start
0: <laughs> yeah oh gosh that poor that poor boy and his mum um yeah that's quite shocking and um, mm. for a 12 year old to be managing it themselves mm. is it's a big responsibility I mean that's a life and death situation yeah if he doesn't get it right and yeah that's where we need is kind of more grassroots education um especially with something like type one diabetes it needs a lot of careful management not just with food but also you know, insulin dosing yeah. and the education around that and it sounds like that young boy didn't have what he needed to be able to manage his condition effectively
1: mm. yeah and and yeah it, it runs deeper than that because obviously he was unwell and had to cause an out how you know they had to call it an ambulance a paramedic to the house an ambulance and and, and were taken off to hospital um Hey, I mean, he he was okay, um, but underlying that was just that not not really understanding how to manage his own sugar levels, and I, you know, all I could say, <laughs> apart from sort of despair and 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 try and, try and um, impart some sort of education to them around being much more sort of you know diet focused, um, which, which they weren't um, was. That the, the, the key message I tried to give them was that they needed to become experts in their condition. You know, mum and son needed to know more. Um, I, said, I said to the young lad, he was, he was, he's, he's mad keen on football. I said to him, he needs to know more about his condition than he does about football otherwise he's constantly going to be fighting an uphill battle and that that was kind of the the, the message that i tried to give them they they needed to be an expert in 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 what was going on with them and that is i think fundamentally my message to, to to most people really certainly if you've got a chronic illness you need to become an expert um in your own condition um yeah and that kind of that all comes back to your point about ownership yeah.
0: <laughs> and getting the right sources as well because you know say for example with something like a, a thyroid condition there are lots and lots and lots of blogs about how to manage a thyroid condition without medication now if you have a thyroid that isn't working properly you need that medication and um, you, you can't magic it better with food so mm-hmm. there are some circumstances where people read too much And take too much ownership and cut out lots of things out of their diet because they haven't trusted a reputable source. And I think, again, that's another area that we need to battle with and try and steer some direction with where people can get reliable advice to help manage serious health conditions.
1: Yeah. So what would you say to someone around that?
0: Yeah. So so say, for example, if someone's got a thyroid that isn't working properly um, Mm. and can't make thyroid hormones, they will need medication that they just need that medication to replace the thyroid hormones that their body can't make um you can't make that better through food Mm -hmm. so in that circumstance you know i i I work with lots of other health professionals so i would write to the doctor and explain what the client's doing and then just trying to educate them about what foods can support them and what to put into their diet rather than what they should be taking out Mm -hmm. and then try and get them to have that open dialogue with their gp and often that kind of helps the client feel more assured Mm -hmm. in safer hands and that they've got knowledge and knowledge is power so it makes them feel better as well that they know what they're doing is going to be putting them on the right path making them feel better rather than research you know the hell out of something and think they're doing the right thing when really they could be making themselves worse
1: yeah 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 yes (laughs) yeah there's just it's your sources isn't it sources of information um and then understanding what the best decision is for you and not getting caught up in, in kind of like the sensationalism of, of the like the shortcuts I would say yeah. is, is, and, and not getting lured in to the shortcuts yes um but specifically um so if if we played out that thyroid issue um what what sources what, what what are your actual tangible so what sources do you send people is it just referring them to a specialist or, or or do you have generic resources that you send that you like to send people to so
0: so if i had someone coming to me with that condition yeah
1: or, or more if it was sort of a coffee conversation or, or just a chat in a in a cafe or something what what yeah. direction would you lead people in
0: I would say speak to your GP if you've read some research studies that puts you off medication take those studies to your GP and have an open conversation with mm. them GPs are you're really willing to have those conversations and people don't think they are just like statins the old statin debate comes up time and time mm. again you know you'll find often you know there's so, there's so many research studies on it if you have concerns take them to your GP talk through the evidence and they can help you work out what's right for you. And that's the first portal call. And then if they refer you onto a specialist, that specialist will also have the knowledge they need to be able to give you the right advice. And then when it comes to dietary and lifestyle factors, so I'm trained to kind of look at interactions with supplements and medications. So that's where I come into the picture. But I also know when to refer you back to your GP to, to have those further conversations, especially around things like medication. It's really, really fundamental. People don't try and use their own mm. cures
1: yes yeah i i understand where you're coming from um but what what's your view given the level of nutritional training that a gp might receive what's what's your view on them going back to their gp or 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 not even coming to you you know you you pass by um you have a chat within a coffee shop or something and um what's your view on on them taking sort of a conversation to their gp around nutrition
0: Ah, nutrition and and medication two totally different things so around medication definitely speak to your gp Mm. when it comes to nutrition um look for someone who's regulated um so i'm regulated with um someone called bantz so they have to get a certain amount of um cpd so continuous um, education points Mm -hmm. uh look for someone who's got a regulator basically so for me that's for other nutritionists might be there might be a registered nutritionist or associated registered nutritionist make sure they've got some kind of governance around what they do and by doing that you'll know you're getting advice from a trusted source that they'll be up to date with the latest nutrition advice they will have the latest research they will have your best interests at heart Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of a, a way of making sure you're going to the right source If you're reading someone's blog who's gone through that personal journey, just remember it's anecdotal. It's not been tested in labs. It's not got any robust evidence behind it or might not. Um, And treat it like you would reading a paper. Would you follow everything in the paper because it says it's good for you? Probably not. Mm. So that's what I would do in terms of nutrition advice. And you're right, GPs do have very limited training. But Mm. when it comes to medication, they're absolutely your first port of call but for nutrition related advice and you know seeing a nutritionist on the nhs isn't an option unless you have a condition that requires it and something like you know an underactive thyroid wouldn't be one of those conditions something like diabetes or if you have an eating disorder then yes um but for a lot of other um illnesses and diseases that's not an option so you would need to pay for that privately and it's important you look for a source that's regulated and qualified
1: Mm. yeah yes i think that's that's yeah the key understanding point there is around yeah i think it all comes back to ownership doesn't it really yeah. It's about, about about sort of taking control of your own per path and your own journey and and that's the advice i always give to people is um you know don't be dismissive of gps and 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 their knowledge and and, and having conversations with them but i think people are um maybe caught up a little bit in that sort of white coat relationship um sort of teacher, sort of almost like this teacher student relationship and that they're afraid to have the conversation um because it's a very busy quote unquote doctor um and they just want to get in and get out and if there's any and and i think we've all been there haven't we where we sort of want to we want a, a kind of clean quick answer from someone that's a professional and, and it's not always that simple um yeah yeah, and it's it's sometimes hard to listen, and, and especially yeah, in that setting, it's hard to listen to and have a conversation with someone. I think and that's and that's one of the problems. So actually, just because I think it takes courage to to kind of sit down with your GP and discuss something that perhaps isn't you might perceive isn't on top of his priority list of things to do today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um But I, I think you've got to take control and you've got to sit down and do you've got to do it you've had the courage to actually do that
0: yeah. yeah and unfortunately you know private healthcare isn't accessible to everyone you know it very much depends on you know how much disposable income you have to spend on that and not everybody does and that's something that i feel quite strongly about and it's finding out ways of getting information out to people where it doesn't cost a fortune and people know where to go it's just working out what that looks like
1: Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's move forward. So what are the, what are the key things that you, what are key consist? Well, I I asked you before, but I just want to dig into it a little bit more. So the key consistencies around the issues that you see in your clinical practice or your your practice, your nutritional practice, um, what are the key things that come up time and time again around um, the problems people have?
0: um a lot of the time it's it's gut issues right it's that kind of embarrassing it gets to the point where it's embarrassing for someone to be in an office if they're kind of passing wind a lot it's really smelly or if they have to you know, make sure they know where the nearest toilet is or they've just generally got a lot of bloating so i get a lot of that in my clinic both men and women um from interestingly quite a few sports people um so through my brother i work a lot of his boxing clients and they often have a lot of gut issues and a lot of that's due to intensity of training and not really paying attention to what they're eating Mm. um next is looking at energy a lot of people come to me with low energy and they just can't figure out why uh sometimes it's quite easy to kind of spot what's going on other times it's a bit more complex and it's working out you know their genetic mutations are they converting the nutrients they need are they absorbing what they're eating and then thirdly it's kind of weight loss so looking at you know weight loss how can someone lose weight often everyone wants to lose weight quickly doesn't work like that so it's changing mindset and working out actually what's going on underneath so that's kind of going back to the point we talked about earlier is they may come to you for weight loss but really what's going on is at a much deeper level and it's weight loss is just a symptom whereas Mm -hmm. there's something else going on
1: yep so the yeah yeah so you you said loads (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, so so, no no it's good um so narrowing into gut health yeah. which you see a lot. Um what what are the key kind of take homes and, and and kind of what the what's what the key messages around gut health what what is going on when people come to you. I know that there is no one size fits all and that's probably what you are going to say but what are the kind of key um things that you see again around gut health what are the what are the problems and what are the causes of those problems.
0: So I mean I'm not going to say there's not one size fits all. There's a trend. There's definitely a trend going on. Um, We've used antibiotics far too much over the past couple of decades. That's number one. That's what's happening. There's an increase, um, you know, rise of people using lots of medication daily just to manage headaches rather than maybe just drinking a bit more water. So people having more medication. Um, and then kind of people aren't eating as diverse as we used to so people are sticking to the same things they're getting the same lunch day in day out they're having the same thing for breakfast same thing for dinner mm. we're not getting enough diversity in our diets and we're relying on processed foods too much all of those things in combination can actually inhibit the good gut bacteria that live in our in our um, guts and then promote the less helpful bacteria to grow so I definitely say there's a trend going on and when I see people with gut issues often it's a case of working out their history what's gone on how were they born how many course of antibiotics have they had how widely do they eat do they get more than 30 different plant-based foods a week probably not if they've got gut issues um looking at you know what medication they're on what medication they've been on hysteri- historically if there's been any um contraceptive pills things like that that can all have an influence and you know people don't like talking about it but how many bowel movements they having are they constipated that is a key issue around gut health Mm -hmm. constipation if you're constipated you're not getting rid of your toxins your hormones are recirculating you're you're allowing your stool to sit in your gut fermenting it's going to cause gas it's going to make you feel uncomfortable you're going to feel heavy you might make food poor food choices because you feel flat tired Mm -hmm. lethargic so they're the key themes around gut health. And a lot of it can be tweaked and changed through some really simple lifestyle changes and getting enough fibre. And we need 30 grams a day. Most mm-hmm. of us are probably, you know, 90% of us, the study came out recently, aren't getting anywhere near enough. Mm-hmm. So one in five, you know, don't get enough fibre every day.
1: Mm. I think, yeah. Uh, would you say with um the guys and girls that you speak to when you take that history i've got (laughs) when you take that history is it usually pretty obvious where the sort of ill health of the gut has come from in their history yeah does it jump out at
0: you yeah and often if there's been a really stressful event as well that can have a big impact on my gut Mm. health or if you get your weekend warriors that are hitting it really, really hard at the gym and then hitting it really, really hard in the week at work, their guts are usually obliterated <laughs> because they are so stressed. They're eating yeah. on the go. They're not thinking about eating. They're not chewing. They're just getting by, but they're kind of running on this adrenaline. So usually you're kind of high achievers and um, your your alpha types, if you like. And mm-hmm. um, I see a lot of those in clinic that... Just by taking, getting them to take a bit, uh, take it a bit slower, can really make a difference. Um, and chew their food.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. I think it. It reminds me of of, of um, another podcast I was listening to with, with a guy called um, Dr. Peter Atier. I don't know if you know him. He's done, yeah. done a lot of sort of um, blood sugar work. He looks at quite quite interesting um, view on that. And and he he's you know w- when pinned down, gun to the head. What's the, the the most important thing around your health? It, it, he said it's it's around rest and sleep is the most important factor, and I think it just that touches on what you're saying. You know that that you've got to look at your whole lifestyle and how you're stressing your body. Um, and it it works both ways doesn't it because we know that the 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 gut your health of your your gut directly influences your hormone levels how you're feeling every other aspect of your health you can't can't underestimate that i think we have in the past actually i think we've not understood that uh, brain gut link um, and that the impact that it has on your whole body uh, holistically certainly i i didn't know about that you know until until recently i think there's been a been a sort of lacking in, in knowledge um around that um probably not if we go back to the ancient times they probably knew things we do all tend yeah. to be cyclical, <laughs> doesn't it we, yeah. forget we, we forget and we relearn and we forget and we relearn we forget and really relearn um we're quite stupid as a species in that regard um yeah and, and um the, the, and it goes the other way as well the, the, you know, your whole lifestyle stress will have an impact on your, on your gut health which is kind of what you're saying um, yeah.
0: yeah and also what's really important to remember is our cells all work on a clock just like we have a night and day cycle um, our gut cells do too our gut bacteria do, every single cell on, in our body works on a circadian rhythm and it was a Nobel Prize winner a few years ago that discovered that and that's had a huge impact on the way we see our bodies and how important it is that we do sleep and that we don't eat late at night or very late at night, and that's where shift working can come into it as well. Mm. If you're shift working, hmm. how's that affecting your cell clocks? You know, what's it doing to that, and what's the best thing you can do? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, and that's yeah, that that's that's kind of the hormone piece, isn't it? Your 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 circadian rhythm is is, is directly related to the hormone release in your body, and and. You start messing with that and then your hormones are all over the place and and that's like huge impact on your health um yeah <laughs> i know that firsthand with being being a shift worker and and um and we know around the statistics longevity of, st- of shift workers is very very poor compared to any other profession um someone that works nights their life expectancy is 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 poor They're, you know yeah. you can't avoid it and that's simply because of that that you know you just you just Completely messing up your hormones constantly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and all the other cells in your body. Um, yeah. So, yeah your, yeah, your bacteria will do different things at night, or different species will do different things yeah. at different times of the day, which is incredible. So, if that's yeah. getting confused, then you can see how quickly that can have an effect.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, God, there's so much, so many kind of different avenues that, that you kind of you go down, don't you? When you, when yeah. you look at nutrition and gut health, it's. It, it's a fascinating um area and and can't be overlooked and and yeah so what 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 what's your kind of your view on people that come to you and say i want to go on a quote-unquote diet um and i have been on quote-unquote diets um what's your kind of what's your view around that and what, what 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 your feelings around diets and then kind of these these um labels is what they are really isn't it kind of labels yeah. that people jump to because they want um the result the perceived result that they see on instagram or something like that so they suddenly want to know what diet that person's on and they want to copy that or you know what's what do you see and what's your personal views around that
0: Uh, again another really good question um so someone comes to me and saying i want to go on a paleo diet Mm. okay fine why why do you want to do that my job isn't to tell people what diets to do i don't agree with diets personally but if someone comes to me and they really really want to do it or they want to go vegan that's a really good example i've had lots lately Um, i want to go vegan veganism is a change in your diet it is a vegan diet Um, first of all what's your motivation why do you want to do it and then kind of you know once we've worked through that and if they still want to do it okay how can you do it safely how can you do it in a way that's going to be sustainable and it's going to be a long-term change but in terms of actual diets or diets for weight loss, I don't agree with them. I think they can often cause problems. We know diets over sustained periods of time, especially when started young, can um, increase the risk of eating disorders developing. And that's something that we really need to pay attention to because there are a lot of eating disorders that are undiagnosed and often start from this yo-yo dieting at a young age or seeing a mother do it or seeing a father do it or being around that culture of dieting. So I try to get my clients to work out what their goal is, what it means to them, and then how to achieve it. And how to achieve it isn't through quick fixes. Mm-hmm. So you know, when someone comes to see me, it's not, I'm going to tell you what to do and off you go. It's okay, fine. You, you need to lose X amount of weight because you might be obese, you might be trying to conceive. We then look at you know, how do you get there sustainably in a way that's not going to result in you people tend to refer as falling off the wagon there is no falling off the wagon you need to be able to be flexible with your with your food you know going out for dinner eat and enjoy what you're eating but don't then kind of try and work it off the next day or feel bad about it and starve and restrict the next so for me it's about understanding goals trying to get rid of this diet culture that we seem to be living in Mm. and trying to work with people to make sustainable changes to the way they eat rather than diet um i hate the word diet just because it has such negative connotations and you're much less likely to stick to something if you perceive it as being a diet i look at what you can add in what swaps you can make rather than what we can take out and what you're restricting because that doesn't help
1: yes yeah i'm i'm i I feel pretty much exactly the same i i hate the the labeling and of under the, the whole diet system um going on diets and and the, the, the just the mindset behind it is what irritates me more than anything yeah. else and because yeah like you say it's about it's about health it's about longevity um and those messages just seem to get lost when people want to jump on the diet bandwagon but but you know <laughs> It's, it becomes so attractive doesn't it I, I, can, I, I can see the dichotomy in people's sort of faces almost when I speak to them about these topics because you, you, you want the result and you end up wanting the result quite badly and then you, you, you in your mind you you link you make such a strong connection between the result and the paleo diet and and then you reinforce that Cause that's how our brains work we reinforce that and then that becomes the kind of path that you want to take and then falling off that becomes a massive issue and you beat yourself up about it and then you want to find another solution so then you attach yourself to another solution and this is just this cycle isn't it of kind of like looking for the for the we, we want to belong don't we We want those labels we want to, to attach ourselves to a solution that's going to work every single time bang 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 um yeah and it's it's it it's hard to shift from that mindset to one of right actually what's going to be healthy for me for the next 60 years and what what are the right choices and what's not just not health in in the kind of like the the clinical sense but what's actually going to allow me to live a a healthier happier life as well it's 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 tough yeah
0: and that's where that education piece comes into it so often for me it's it's getting clients in and kind of explaining to them actually you know bread isn't bad for you if you have it in moderation if you're not celiac if you don't have an issue with it or a condition that means that gluten could be problematic it's re-educating people to understand what foods can support health and what foods might hinder it so mm. you know processed foods obviously you know, if you can get cooked from scratch great but if you're relying on a processed food how can you make it more nutritious so, if you're buying a shop bought soup, could you add half a tin of lentils in it to increase the fiber, increase the protein? So, it's simple things like that. And it's that educational piece about how to make a meal as well. A lot of people are so confused with what a meal should look like or compose of. It's going back to basics.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, um, everyone wants the advanced. What's the uh, There's an expression that a guy I interviewed last week was uh, saying that everyone wants the advanced tactics. But doing the simple things well is the advanced tactics do you know what i mean it's basics done well um and that that always makes me think back to soldiering um a good soldier is one that does the basics very 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 well and that is it do you know what i mean and and it's just yes it's all the fundamentals really and that's kind of that's 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 why i try and bring people like yourself on the on on the, the podcast because it's it's kind of I don't think you can reinforce that message enough because there's what I call noise, so much noise in this space around people trying to give you that one size fits all or, or one single silver bullet solution. Um, but yeah, I mean it's um yeah, I mean you could talk about it forever, couldn't you? The whole diet, <laughs> yeah, diet, totally. diet, culture, um, yeah. So. But I, I mean i can just pay you as a professional and you'll give me a pill and i'll lose loads of weight
0: <laughs> yeah if only i'd be very rich
1: <laughs> well i mean if even if that was a solution i don't think it would it would lead to to a happy life to be honest no. with you i don't think it would i don't i think we're we're all on a journey aren't we we're all on the hero's journey and we've got to find our own path and the struggle is part of it um and that that's what i think when people are looking for these quick solutions they they overlook that that kind of struggle and, and coming of age and maturity in their life to actually make the appropriate choices um and i think a lot of people just spend their whole life just looking for those quick fixes and that's a, it's almost a life lost because you you're better off embracing the struggle yeah. um, and finding a path through it because that that is life in in essence um if we I don't want to get too ethereal <laughs> Yeah, no no, I completely agree
0: with you on that. Yeah. It's um yeah, you could go on for hours but Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes, um okay, so we know that um our, if we are if we're eating whole food, um which I know a lots of people are not eating um and there's a problem with sort of processed food. But if we talk if we look at whole food and plant-based food and 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 we we know that the, the we're getting less nutrients now than we did 50 years ago right so what what can we do
0: looking at what you're eating over the course of the day so try and aim for you know half your plate to be plant-based mm-hmm. so you know get your dark leafy greens in there get lots of different colors really focus on eating a rainbow across the course of the week now i don't like people to focus on days mm-hmm. or meals but look over the course of the week gives you some perspective so can you aim for 30 different plant-based foods over the course of the week it's what i get my clients to do the more colorful the better the reason why that's important is that we know that the more colorful plant-based foods we get the more range of nutrients we're able to absorb so you know different plant compounds contain different things mm-hmm. so lycopene found in cooked tomatoes you can't then find that in red cabbage you'll get something else so looking at variety, really, really crucial. Not only is that good for your gut health, but it's good for your overall health as well. And then kind of looking at, you know, what else you can do. Are you drinking enough? You know, make sure you have enough water throughout the course of the day. Like really small steps to try and make a big difference can make you feel so much better. If you're getting headaches all the time, it could be as simple as dehydration. Just 2 to 3% shrinkage in hydration can really make you feel pretty rubbish. Mm
1: yeah so and if 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 i don't hit 30 different fruit and veg um i'm to give up and go to mcdonald's
0: no aim 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 (laughs) so it's 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 about having an end goal i mean we we're humans we like to have targets so if you can aim and reach towards that then that's a good start so if you hit 20 fab but what can you do for the next week Uh,
1: yeah and i think i'm obviously i'm saying that tongue-in-cheek um to elicit response but yeah. <laughs> um, the, I think the point which you've touched on a couple of times is the point is don't beat yourself up about missing targets or or, or having a, 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 a quote unquote unhealthy meal or going out and, and indulging um, you know that, and that's a huge part of it. it's not you know it's not getting in that cycle of like falling off the wagon which is what you said yeah. falling off the wagon getting back on falling off getting back on you know
0: yeah it's about being flexible And that's what I get my clients to learn. And once they start to learn that for themselves, that ownership piece, they can then make much better decisions about the foods they're eating and really enjoy the foods that they want to eat rather than foods they feel they have to eat for health.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 yeah. Yeah, it does. It does come back to ownership and we said it over and over again, but, and Yeah, it's it's empowerment isn't it it's empowering yourself to to do that and and that that's in itself that's rewarding being empowered but i think it's interesting what you touched on about people um not really cooking and not really understanding how to cook and what to cook so do you see that a lot and you think that's a
0: yeah an awful lot actually that's probably me about you know eight years ago living in london you know thinking i knew how to cook but really it was just getting a ready meal and adding a side salad to it and it's that kind of going back to basics so it doesn't have to be complicated you don't need recipe books you know find your protein source plant-based or otherwise then you know look at filling up half your plate with vegetables so cook them roast them steam them whatever you want with them get that half a plate and then looking at okay where's my carbs coming from is that from root veg is that from whole grains you know quarter plate being made up of that so it's not about knowing how to cook it's more about how to put things together so you know it's really easy with the internet these days just to look at kind of how to steam vegetables like everyone can do it or you know frozen food you know shouldn't be given a bad rep if you want to buy a packet of frozen ratatouille and you have that with some pasta and you put some chicken in with it that's a complete meal that's a good balance mm-hmm. and it's starting somewhere or looking at recipe boxes and you know is that a way that you get into cooking you know, finding out what works for you
1: yeah Yes, taking an interest in your own health really yeah. isn't it and and sort of diving into that um uh, yeah I think that that's that is why i'm that is what I like, i guess about the plant movement and kind of the plant based movement the vegan movement is the emphasis is on eating more vegetables, which i guess is is a, is a is a massive positive driver for people to to actually change their health and, and take control and, and so yeah
0: yeah and, and with that comes with its own pitfalls as well it's also knowing with plant-based foods what proteins to eat and educating yourself again taking ownership okay if you're going to go on a vegan based vegan diet you know provide yourself with the knowledge about how to pair proteins how to make sure you're getting enough from plants mm-hmm. if you don't do that you'll you know you can become blindsided to the fact that you need to pay attention to that or you're not going to get the benefits of having a, a whole rounded diet
1: yeah i i, I know i from personal experience sort of um, going um, like a hundred percent plant based uh, i 'm not now but I'm going for a short period going hundred going percent plant based is um, the the kind of calorific value someone who needs kind of three thousand calories to stand up uh, for a day yeah. um, and walk to the shops I think. You, you, yeah if, you, if you're going 100 percent plant-based you've got to understand the volume of food that you need to eat and that's something that i was overlooked and overlooking and i was sort of malnourishing myself through through not understanding um you know the volume of food that i had to eat on a yeah. plant-based diet compared to a to a sort of more omnivorous
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's quite surprising actually yeah. and people often get that confused and again that's where i often see people in my clinic is when they've tried something they've not felt amazing from it and they're wondering why
1: yeah yeah it's about the fact diving into the details isn't it um where, where do you stand on a kind of supplement at, um s- aspect um I, I, whether, whether it be protein or, or other supplements what, what's what's your kind of standing on that
0: uh a yeah, really really interesting question. Um, there are a lot of good ones about well formulated again not for everyone but there are also some really bad ones about um i say bad and it's in kind of you know not great fillers or they have kind of minimal amounts to have any kind of therapeutic benefit i don't um suggest supplements as a first put of call my view is always food first mm-hmm. but if someone is really struggling to get enough protein in their day or they have a, an increased demand for protein so they might be training for an event then a protein powder absolutely can have a time and a place uh, again it's looking at the quality of that protein powder what's it filled with what sweeteners are in it you know if mm-hmm. any and is it the right one for that person how much what time when should it be having it and then you've got the other side of things so you've, you know omega-3 fatty acids they can be really beneficial for health. If you're vegan, for example, you're not getting enough through diet, it's impossible, then a supplement is needed. And then you've got things that are actually prescribed on the NHS, like vitamin D3. Um, again, we should all be thinking about taking it October till March. Mm-hmm. So that absolutely has a time in our diets for supplementation. But, you know, should everybody be taking supplements? No, I don't think so. Um, it really depends on what you're doing, what your goal is, your level of activity. And, you know, what you're eating
1: yeah i think um uh, yeah it comes back to that kind of silver bullet approach isn't it with the real, there isn't one and you need to yeah you need to eat whole foods real yeah. foods <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i did have a question on that but it slipped my mind so um, let's move on so um, the, the question i always ask um, all my guests is um, what's your definition of health
0: very good question. Um, <laughs> my definition of health would be feeling the best you can be, and feeling happy within yourself, within your body, and you know, happy with the food that you're eating as well. You know, life is way too short, and we need to be able to enjoy it. And that, for me, is health.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And if there are some, um, are there are there any? tools or techniques that sort of always come up in your practice that you 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 try and um advise people to use or do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so going back to ownership again, I know mentioned that word far too many times. (laughs) I don't think Uh, you can keep keeping a food diary um can be really helpful for people to kind of take ownership over what they are actually eating. And then that can be helpful for them to understand. Oh, okay, fine. Then you know, there's biscuits that snacking in the afternoon every afternoon might be causing some kind of weight contribution. Um, or if someone's kind of just casually drinking Coca-Cola throughout the day, they're not really kind of paying attention to it. That can also be kind of underlying other issues. It's getting that ownership piece on. So kind of getting people to take a food diary. So that's not what you're eating. It's taking a a snapshot about what's going on over the course of your day, over the course of your week. If in, even if it's photographs that I get sent at the end of the week, or writing it down. Um, next is kind of think about mindful eating. Now that doesn't have to mean you know half an hour meditation process. It can be as simple as you know sitting down to eat, taking three deep breaths before you eat. And really filling up your lungs. So I'm sure if both of us took a breath in now, we're probably only breathing in the top half, Mm. not the full half of our lungs. So doing that can take us from that go, go, go mode to rest and digest. So there are the two things that I use pretty much with every client that I see to just get them to understand a bit more about what's going on and also to help them be in the best position to be able to absorb and digest their food
1: that's really really powerful advice actually i think because it's it's simple isn't it simple everyone can do it um and it takes you know yeah. minutes and it's free yeah it's free Bre-
0: breathing is, is free <laughs> um, and taking a food diary is free but it can often be really helpful
1: yeah um, well yeah you're not the first guest that's mentioned breathing um for sure uh, it's, again it's, it's it's an incredibly powerful tool to our health it really is a doorway to to so much um For sure, is there anything that i haven 't asked you about that you think's pertinent to this sort of conversation around nutrients and and um, health?
0: Um, I think we 've covered an awful lot and um, The only thing I would say is kind of be, be really careful about where you get your information from um but be open minded as well so don 't just believe the first thing you read, even if it 's from a credible source. Challenge, challenge yourself, challenge your thoughts and we get a much broader understanding if we're able to take in other views um Mm -hmm. so do read around don't kind of have a narrow narrow perspective on things and uh, yeah try to get as much education as you can and take ownership of your learning
1: yeah i think that that's uh, really powerful because we, I think we as professionals, we fall into a trap because we, we've, we, I'm speaking from my own experience, we we understand research, we understand how research is put together and, and how to, and it becomes a, a muscle, a skill that we've got um, as professionals. So we we, we we, look at research and very quickly we can dismiss pretty much everything we read in the papers or, or, or a magazine around nutrition because we can look at the research and we can understand that it's it pure conjecture like a lot of it is or it's valid because of our understanding of how research is put together but I, I guess we overlook the fact that we've we've built a muscle there and perhaps there's, there's a large proportion of the population that hasn't um, and they don't necessarily understand how research works and and how how it can be biased um, or uh, can just be completely anecdotal or can just be complete conjecture of someone who's written an article based on the last 10 days of their life um I, I think that's that's it's quite I don't know how you feel but it. it's quite easy for us to overlook as well as
0: yeah even as professionals it can be quite easy to kind of dismiss certain studies because you don't want to know about it mm-hmm. and that's something we always have to challenge ourselves and be open and kind of feel like, actually do you know what? I'm going to give this person this article the time of day because I should broaden my understanding and appreciate all views
1: yeah yeah i think that's i i know I personally i know i've done that you know you don't want to yeah. you don't want to get sort of blindsided or told you're wrong really do you and and it's uh it's about getting through the ego and being like no no no. i need to have a very open mind um and the other point that you made which i think is is um really good is yeah just um sort of sitting down and, and sort of sitting with your thoughts and, and understanding at a deeper level what you think is correct because i think the science and the research is great and you really need to sort of understand what you're doing and what you're putting into your body you know the, the expression i always use is is food is information you're putting information into your body with every piece of food that you take um, and if you think what is this information giving my body then you'll start to open your eyes to the benefits or, the, or the, the 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 negative aspects of that information that you're putting in, you know, if you're putting really crap information in, then you can't help but the output be to, to be poor. And and I I really I think that's a path analogy. Um, but the you know if we 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 kind we 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 should fundamentally understand. At a very simple level, what healthy is in terms of food, and sometimes we get caught up in a bit of a whirlwind um, that leads to poor choices. But if we sit for a little while and just sort of think about what our body needs and listen to our body, we can we can get the get the answers that we need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and with that, food being information, I love that. And it's not just information at a nutrient level, but if you're having an ice cream on the beach that's giving you information mentally it's it's pleasure and that's what we mustn't lose sight of is you know we should be enjoying what we're eating i'm not Mm. saying that's a carte blanche go and have ice cream by the seaside all, all day long but you know if it's you know once a week or whatever and you enjoy that that again is nourishing your body from a mental level as well as a physiological
1: yeah yes yeah and yeah yeah, of course and start start with the end in mind you know if the the, if if the result is health and happiness then that should be the path that you're on you know it's not about getting ripped abs and and sort of losing weight quote-unquote you know losing you know yeah absolutely um christy so much awesome information um in the content of what we've got here Um, I just want to acknowledge you and and your sort of work and, and, you know, thank you very much for coming on. Um, What are you up to at the moment and how can people find out more about what you're doing and get in touch with you and and sort of um, interact with you?
0: Yeah, uh, so I run a private clinic for one-to-one consultations down in South London mm-hmm. at Peckham Levels, which is a mm-hmm. multi-story car park, which is great. Inside. <laughs> it's, um, it's a really fab space, actually. It's lots of interesting projects and people. It's, it's brilliant. Um, at Level 6, that's a lovely yoga studio. Um, I also run Skype consultations or Zoom. And I do a lot of workplace wellness um, and corporate media speaking opportunities. So you'll see me at lots of different events. Um, I've got a retreat coming up in october as well down in somerset so yeah lots of different ways i'm trying to reach out to people and kind of through the events is a great way to kind of get more education out there
1: yeah yeah and i I think um yeah hopefully we can collaborate on some events and and get you back on do some deeper dives um i I can think of probably half a dozen things that i can ask you about in this space that we haven't talked about today but um Yeah. yeah for sure um excellent and what's uh, social media website what's the best way to do?
0: uh yeah usually through um instagram i do a lot of work through that just
1: get mm. a lot of interaction
0: which i love um through my clients and yeah other people so yes yeah, so it's christy Coleman nutrition um website is kcnutrition.co.uk
1: Nutrition. Yeah. yeah
0: original name
1: yeah no i like it uh, keep it simple um yeah and I, I you know i have i've i've followed your instagram closely and you do some amazing um amazing posts around food and, and in, ingredients and and what people can you know give people ideas and bits and pieces and, it, and it's it, it looks beautiful as well it really thank really you. does <laughs>
0: thank you i'm not artistic in any way shape or form
1: oh I, t- I think you might be i think you might be um awesome we're gonna leave it there so thank you very much um christy and i will hopefully get you back on the podcast soon thank, thank you. you thanks So there we have it, Christy Coleman um, nutrition special for you guys. Uh, hope you got as much out of it as I did. Uh, thrilled to, to record that show and, and engage with Christy and all the good work that she's doing in, in London. Um, and um, please, please, please jump across and follow her. Uh, Christy Coleman nutrition and episode six done and dusted guys we've got another one lined up and another one and another one we're coming to you every single week with two episodes Um, i've actually loaded these front five in the first week week and a half so um, it's all good and we've got so much great content coming your way please stay engaged subscribe uh, follow me at the knock that's the noq on instagram uh, and facebook as well Let us know what you think, subscribe, give us your feedback, let us know who you want us to get on here. If you've got any questions that you want me or any of my guests to to, to tackle, then then jump in, DM me, PM me, whatever you want to do, Uh, hit me up on social and I will look forward to speaking to you very, very soon. Take care.